0: Welcome to the Windy City Bender Podcast with your hosts Noly, Podsi, Jerem, and Tanner. Welcome to episode ninety-two, aka the Nylander of the Windy City Bender Podcast. Uh, we are going with another Jerem solo episode. Don't lots to talk about, so didn't want to miss an episode. So let's uh, let's get right into it with a little box. Talk. so since the trade deadline has come and gone the Hots have put up an impressive three and one record uh they had that shaky loss against st louis that we talked about last episode and they followed that up with a game against the tampa bay lightning who i think it was a great time for the Hots to draw them in the schedule they lightning on a three-game skid going into that game um this game was didn't get to watch the whole game because we were recording the this happened when we were recording last episode but the Hawks came away with a 5-2 victory. I think uh, there's big two big takeaways I um, saw from that game. One, Kubelik is an absolute beast of a man still. He finally gets that first career hat trick after coming so close, and he got it on the empty net. So he got past that fear of shooting at the empty net, gets his third, and at the time was the team-leading 29th goal of the season. Um, this guy has just been more amazing than i think we all anticipated i knew when he first got traded we t- kind of talked about it on the show to the hawks that we were excited to see what he could bring and i don't think that any one of us could have predicted that he'd be putting up the kind of numbers that he is this year like i said he leads the team with 29 goals he is um putting up some good playoff playoff <laughs> power play numbers. He's got that little Vachkin like, one-timer from the from the top of the circle. This kid is just going to get better and hopefully um, when it comes down to the contract negotiation, which has a report that they have begun talking about that, we were able to get him for a fair value and it doesn't get scared off and traded as in like other situations that we saw with the, the original side contract and the Panarin and all that. Um, another good thing that I saw from that game was Corey Crawford. Knew once Liner was traded that he was going to be getting a good majority of the starts. Little shaky in the game against St. Louis, but he fouls it up against Tampa Bay. Facing 38 shots, only allowing two in. He had a 9 4 save percentage. You know, he he's playing for a contract at this point he's playing for playing for a job he is showing signs of what he was on a couple of years ago before the injuries he's doing a great job you know kind of just putting everything else in the back of his mind and just going out there and playing it's it's been impressive to watch and I know I've not been the the biggest Corey Crawford fan out there and I know it's well documented um I've always thought he was a good goalie I just just for some reason just never could have agreed that he was going to be the guy that was going to take the Hawks to that next level. Yes. He won a Stanley cup. I just felt that those teams though around him. were just, we're just a better team in front, but now he's doing it with a weaker decor. He's putting up consistently good numbers as we'll talk about um, for the other two games. He consistently just nonstop, so I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, Crow is definitely, definitely playing, um, getting worth a contract for next year. That's way down the line, so we'll 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 save that. We'll put a pin in that one. After the the five two Tampa Bay win, the Hawks uh, continue the Florida trip with a visit to Coach Q. This was um, a. Tr- <sighs> I not want to call it a trap game. Florida was also struggling. I believe they were 1-2-1 and one going into this game. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They are just going the opposite direction of where they need to be. They have inconsistent goaltending from the guy that they're paying $11 million to over the next seven years. That is a whole different story for another day. But this game was kind of, we'll call it the Jonathan Tave show. He had a goal and an assist. Give him 17 goals on the year, 39 assists on the year. He's quietly having probably one of the better seasons of his career. I know number-wise it isn't there, but he, I, in my opinion, has been one of the better Hawks this entire season. He had a very slow start to the year, and that definitely hurt him number-wise. But he... Always seems to be picking up those big points, you know, doing what he gets paid to do, all the stuff that doesn't show up on the score sheet. He is just proving why he is one of the best captains in the league. And it continued into the shootout that night where he goes and vintage Jonathan Tays, five hole nice little goal. That gave him his 50th career shootout goal. He is 50, for, 50 goals in 101 attempts. He's the first NHL player to reach the 50 goals in a shootout that's pretty damn consistent considering some of the better shootout performers in the league Uh, i believe kane's got 44 so between taves and kane there's 94 shootout goals kane also scored to give the hawks the win in that shootout but i still hate how you know i i always say this and i i feel like i always get shit for it but i mean why why doesn't taves get put more in the conversation as a, like a top a top 20 center he got screwed in the past couple of years on the nhl list he always is coming up clutch he just does not get the respect and the hots aren't going to probably make the playoffs this year so is he he just continue going to get looked past for those those lists i don't know but um, as I mentioned before, Crow, another solid game from him. Uh, he faced 40 shots, stopped 38 of them, had a .95 for save percentage. Again, you know, Crow's being Crow. It is definitely, definitely a good time for him to be stepping up and get that paycheck. After that, they faced, they came back home after the Florida, after sweeping the Florida trip, got a good four points on that, which is definitely needed this time of year. Um, they come home to the the ducks, who have had better better seasons on their books. They they spanked the ducks. Uh, they put up six on Gibson. Um, was it six on Gibson? Should have fucking remembered this. Um, but anyway, this was what I thought was a perfect, as I'm calling it, like a look into the future game. Bulk was... Two assists, clearly his best game um, as an NHL as an NHLer. Doc with one assist, and then absolutely filthy, filthy Dangle, just absolutely walk in the Ducks players. F- sort of a faceoff in the defensive zone, he walks through, just absolutely does amazing puck protection. He's got that skill where he's able to open up anywhere on the like, just open up, you know, t- turn out. Protect the puck, get through. Once he gets <laughs> once he starts finishing these plays, holy fuck, look out. This kid is going to be something special. And, you know, I think a lot of these teams are gonna wish that they had a Kirby Doc. And the fact that we were able to get him at at number three while a lot of us weren't sure about it and all that. I think he's definitely proven us all wrong that he he belongs on this team and he's gonna be a huge part of this team's future. Um, speaking of the younger younger players, Nylander had a goal and an assist as well. As his assist was an absolute filth sauce pass over to Kaner, who had a goal and assist on the night as well. Kaner, twenty nine goals on the year ties Kubelik for the team lead. An assist gives him fifty one. So quietly, eighty goal or eighty point season for for Kaner. He's going to clearly be a, another another. Average of at least a point per game season for him. Uh, Corey Crawford again, absolutely stellar. Faced thirty nine shots, turned thirty seven away for a point nine four nine save percentage. A lot of, a lot of good over those last three games. Oh yeah, and a cool little a little tidbit to make um everybody feel old on the. First Hawks goal, um, Kajula put it away with assists from Boquist and Kirby Dock. That was the first goal in NHL history where two players that were born in the year 2000 or later had contributed on, had a factor on the same goal. So, I feel old as shit. The the young kids are officially coming in and they're going to slowly take over. I think that's going to be a combo that we're going to be hearing a lot of. You're going to be seeing the, the Kirby Doc uh, to Adam Boquist or vice versa and all that. A lot coming up in the next couple of years. But as I was saying, um, there is a lot of good to take away from those three games. Just you know, bearing down, getting an effort from a little bit of everybody. Uh Sad had a couple I had a goal in, in the I want to say the Florida game. Uh Taze is just looking good. Kajula, you know, when he's healthy, man, he is gonna be an absolute force for this team. They're so leaving out of the uh, out of those three games, picking up uh solid six points. they're still six points out of the playoffs. Let's have a talk here real quick. <coughs> Playoffs are not going to happen this year. Crazier things have happened. And I really, truly hope I will be eating my words come April. But as of Thursday, Hockey Reference have given the Hawks a 9.6% chance of making the playoffs. They are going to need to go on an absolute miracle run to, to make the playoffs this year. I'm looking at the standings right now. I am pretty much don't even look at a, a division spot. They, These hots currently sit at 68 points. The low, last division spot is Dallas at 82 points. St. Louis is in the lead with 90, followed by Colorado with 88. Those aren't being touched. Then you have to look at the wild card. Vancouver at 74 points and Winnipeg at 74 points. Both of those teams could fall off. They they realistically could. Um Vancouver is dealing with some injuries. Winnipeg, they're a freak right now. I mean, there's no reason why anybody should be doing they should be doing as good as they are. There's a lot of defensive questions on them losing buff, not having Truba, then Myers was gone. I believe their defensive their entire I'm gonna pull this up really quick. Their defense is essentially the Manitoba defense minus one or two guys. Let me see here. Winnipeg, Winnipeg. I love how I can never find these on camp for anyone. I absolutely need them. Winnipeg Jets. Okay. So right now they are currently paying $14 million Okay, they're not. It's $14 million in the back end. Um, it's a bunch of guys. You know, it's a lot of minor leaguers, young guys. I mean, their decor is young. Their oldest defenseman right now is 29 years old, the youngest is 23. They're going to be a great team. They're going to be a solid team. Hellebuck's going to be good. I don't think they can keep up what they're doing right now, though, to make the playoffs. Then you look at the teams in front of the Hawks. You have Nashville. Right in front of them was 72 points. Minnesota was 73 points, and Arizona's technically tied for the last wild card spot with 74 points. I truly think Arizona's going to sneak in. I think Minnesota is not going to. They are six three and one in their last ten, but you know, I think they're still going to be. They're going to be. They're going to be playing 500 hockey. They're going to do enough just to stay in front of the Hawks. Same thing with Nashville. Don't know what Nashville is either. It's kind of a really disappointing season for them. They've lost three in a row. They're currently on a ten, uh, in their last 10 games. They're 5-4-1. Basically what I'm saying is there is a lot of teams that need to lose in order for the Hawks to make the playoffs. The Hawks probably have an extremely tough schedule too going into the last... month and a half of the season they have tonight as i'm recording this they're playing edmonton then they go to detroit which in theory should be two points but you know how that usually goes they have st louis washington two against minnesota which will be huge buffalo then against minnesota um then they got pittsburgh dallas the kings and montreal then they wrap the season up with uh, the New York teams at the at the island and the Rangers. A lot of these teams are fighting fighting for their playoff lives. A lot of the teams have nothing to play for, so they can just play spoiler. It's going to be a really big toss up on what the Hawks can do. It's essentially there. I mean, the playoffs are in their hands. They have to go on an absolute tear. They have to treat every game like it's game seven. They probably need to win. Mid- Probably can only afford three, four losses the rest of the way. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I truly do. But I just don't see playoffs happening this year for this team. Now, I say that, and people might take that as I just I don't believe in this team. I don't I don't like this team. I love this team. I think this has got one of the best. Framework for what can possibly be another dynasty for Chicago for Chicago hockey. You're still going to have Kane and Taves be T- Kane and Taves. You have sod You have Kajula who's who looks great. I mean, they're the offense. I absolutely love the fucking offense on this team. Kajula Carpenter is absolutely unreal and was an absolutely amazing steal of a signing well done, Bowman. I will give you that. Debrink, it's going to turn it back up. He is having just an off year. There's no way in hell that keeps up for the rest of his career. He will be back next year stronger, and he will be bearing all those goals that he couldn't get this year. He's going to get them next year. David Camp is a very solid player. Kubelik is an absolute beast. He's a monster. He is secretly the one of the best pieces on this team. And as I mentioned earlier, they're talking. Apparently, Bowman and his agents are talking. And I truly, truly hope they get something locked down. Shit, I don't know what you can give him, what he can truly ask for, you know, given only one season in the NHL. So hopefully we got that in our in our side. Just like I said, mentioned sod. Uh, Strom's gonna bounce back, I think. And, you know, as bad as it as it sounds, it's probably better for us that. He had this off season, especially when he does have a he's having a contract year coming up this off season. So he needs to figure out what he's going to be willing to take to stay in Chicago if he truly believes in this team and he truly believes playing with the Brinket is the best for his career, which I think it is. I'm hoping that he will he'll take a little bit of a discount, maybe even do an extension, you know, a bridge deal to really to really help this team out. That would be it would be amazing. But what I truly want to, you know, talk about this one, when I say this is for all the fans out there who who may have came on after 2010. I'm not calling you bandwagoners, I'm just saying it's it's a fair assumption that majority of a good chunk of the new hawk of the hawk fans now are new. They've come, they've fell in love with this team during the last 10 years. This is the first time that they're truly facing any. What can I say? Any diff like any any bad times? As far as they've known, the Hawks they've been winners. Well, it's interesting to see the reaction now that the Hawks the Hawks aren't just an absolute dominant force that they once were. To you guys who have never experienced this, I just my, my main thing to say to you guys is be patient, stick it out, deal deal with the bad. Remember the feeling of the good. Eat and just drink the the, the feeling of the bad of the season. And just imagine that you've been to the highest possible part for the Hawks with the Stanley Cups. You're starting to see some of the low. It's not as bad as it was in the 90s, trust me. Uh, You would not even believe how bad the Hawks were in the 90s, early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Once the Hawks figure this out, which they're going to, and I'll explain that in a second. Once they start winning again, it is. There's nothing better than than a comeback story. There's nothing better than the absolute joy of seeing your favorite team struggle so much. And I say it's like they've been losing for years. It's been three years, so I guess it's enough. But seeing your team struggle, miss the playoffs, and then get back in and have a true shot to to win win the cup again it's such a, a fantastic feeling i know going into 20 like the 2010 and all the the patrick kane jonathan taves era i never thought i would see a good a good hot hawk season in my lifetime i was too young to remember the last time they were in the cup against pittsburgh when we got spanked uh, swept i literally was a year old so I've only experienced bad Hawks. There was one year in playoffs, I think, was it 2000 against St. Louis, and we got spanked in the first round by them. Going into the Cain Taves era, was it was an exciting time. And I think that for the new fans, you're going to be seeing the new Can and Taves era, only instead of Cannon Taves, you're going to see... Boquist, Kubelik, De Brinkett. Then you have in the minors, or not even the minors, in the system. Ian Mitchell of Denver. Uh Alec uh, Regula out of London, who just won defensive defenseman of the month in the OHL. Alex Velasque, who was the second round pick last year, who was another solid defenseman. Our defensive core is gonna be is gonna be fantastic. Once they get the chance to play and once they get a chance to taste the NHL and be regulars, you're looking at the new Keith-Seeves combo and you're looking at possibly four of them. Mitchell, Regula, Velasquez, Boquist, uh, Bowden. Hopefully that's all right. I mean, our defensive, we we have a defensive logjam. It makes sense why we traded yokiharu i wish we didn't trade yokiharu because i think he would have been a much better fit for what we're looking for on the decor than what we got for nylander to fit into our offensive uh our offensive core but you know what's done is done and then on top of that we have evan evan barrett out of penn state who oh he is going to be he's i think already got top top nine potential potentially even can fit into maybe a second line i believe he is a senior junior this year and i think there's talks of ian mitchell and and him signing at the end of the season and potentially fighting for a spot on the team next year you got to be patient really be patient don't give up on this team. As easy as it is now, I mean, as I'm saying and I'm writing, I potentially wrote them off the season saying that they're, the playoffs are not are out of the question. Let's look at what this team has to offer for the future. And just think of it that way. What's going on now? You know, we're in a weird situation. I think that we are looking at a potential management change, front office change. You're looking at it, which w- will lead to a possible coaching change. So, be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. I'm not I would love to say it's going they're going to be back in the cup cup final next year. I will guarantee this right now though in the next 2 to 3 years the Hawks will be looking at another Stanley Cup They will be in the playoffs and they won't just be one of those teams that just sneak in. They will be a juggernaut that have absolutely manhandled the regular season and go into the playoffs as a true Stanley Cup favorite. So, like I said, they're they're playing Edmonton right now. Um, They get to see McDavid and Seidel, who are fucking damn cheap codes so that's uh that's kind of about it for for hot stock um the only, only really thing that i saw going on in the news right now for the hots uh kevin Lankinen, who was playing goaltender for the rockford ice hogs who also could be another fit for for this future i think he's a great goalie he's a young kid he's got a great shot um he's out <laughs> five to i think it's five to six months with having shoulder surgery so he will hopefully be ready in time for training camp. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what what they do in the goaltending position and if he's going to get a fair shot or not. I don't. Know, I I'm truly excited for excited for the for the future. The I mean, it's it might not seem like it. There's good times ahead, and I can't wait. And you guys should all be pumped for it too. So let's uh, let's move over to some NHL talk. Not, not too much to talk about. Um, during the GM meetings happened this past week, there's a couple things talked about. They are voted to potentially change the offsides rule. Now, if I'm reading it correctly, um, well, right now the rule is you have to have your foot on the ice. You can straddle the blue, but the foot's got to be down on the ice. They are voting to say that it does not have to be on the ice. I believe, I mean, I'm probably wrong if I am. Go ahead, fucking shirt me for it. They mentioned that. Uh, starting in the playoffs, they are going to be doing the, the puck, the puck tracker and the jersey tracker. Kind of what, if you watch the All-Star game, you see basically showing, you know, ice time. They're able to pull up ice time on the players. You can see player speed. Puck will be able to have that little little trail i'm okay with it i think it's kind of cool to give you more information um about what's going on kill like a little little different stats that you wouldn't normally see my main issue with it is i hope that it's not as obnoxiously thrown out on the screen as it was during the all-star all-star game i think that that was just way too much overkill just so much on the screen unnecessarily especially in playoff hockey i you don't want to see that stuff you want to you want to watch the game you want to see what's going on and i just think having who's on the ice every single thing plus you know all these little stuff popping up it's just it's just not what the game needs and hopefully they kind of save it or use it as minimal as possible another thing that was announced is that the salary cap next year could go up to as high as seven an additional seven million dollars they said that the range it could be is anywhere between 84 and 88.5 million, which would be very helpful for a lot of teams. Um, they're also looking at possibly doing announcing the salary cap two years in advance, so you would hear next year's salary cap followed by the following season, in hopes that this will help teams be able to prepare a little bit better. I'm kind of iffy on that one. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it's nice to kind of know that, but at the same time, I don't know. I guess that's actually not that bad. Now that I talk myself into it, it's actually I actually don't mind that one too much. So let's. Uh, all that also comes down to negotiation with the player, the NHLPA. It usually depends on if the players are going to a um, the uh, escrow, all that kind of stuff. So that will probably come out. Usually it comes around the draft time, I believe it goes. I think they usually do it like a week before the draft. Last year was a little bit later, so but definitely, obviously, before free agency starts, we will know that number. Keep your fingers crossed for that eight point eight eight point five million. Another scary moment happened the other night in the New York New York Islanders games. Uh, Boychuk in. Accidentally got a skate to the face, cut up, hit his hit his eye. It, it looked like it ripped ripped his eye. He got off the ice immediately. That day, it was announced that he had ninety stitches to seal up his eyelid, and that his eye was fine. didn't even Didn't even touch touch the eye. That right there is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> that ninety stitches to do that. Um, but it's also really, really amazing that, you know, it's a miracle that he didn't get have any eye damage. Um, so it's a man, I'm sure, I'm sure he wanted to play right away. He had a very hilarious tweet thanking everybody, um, for all the, the love and support and well wishes. And he was saying that, sorry, it took so long to, for him to tweet it out. His phone's face recognition wasn't working because of it. So he's got a good, hi guys, good humor. That brings up though, like kind of like an interesting point too, is are we gonna ever see see cages or like you know the old school bigger visors on players in the NHL? I feel like there has been an increase of facial injuries this this year, and with the game getting a lot faster, and when guys go down, they go down hard, and it's kind of like this. I don't think it should. I think visors are enough, but it'd be interesting to see if anybody pr- would propose that type of change. So for player safety and all that uh, fun fact, there are only 20 players left in the NHL that currently do not wear visors. They, the NHL and the NHLPA, um, came in agreement in 2013 that uh, any new players had to wear a visor before then, um, you could have been grandfathered in. Believe Joe Thornton, Jamie Ben, Jordy Ben, Andrew Shaw, Wayne Simmons. Oh, there's a couple more. Those are type of players that still don't have it. Zach Smith. So there's two Hawks on that list. Um, kind of holding out, and you got to kind of wonder if they see this stuff and if it's going to kind of make them make them second guess it and you know switch over to the protection. But yeah, who knows? Thought that was just kind of kind of a scary, but also interesting fact there. So uh, I'm gonna wrap this one up pretty pretty soon. Uh, let's see, April 8th mm-hmm. is the start of the NHL playoffs, so that is 34 days away, 33 days when this gets posted, 32 depending on when you're listening to it. If you need to get hyped up for the playoffs, I will post this on social media with the video. But Sportsnet did a hype video talking about just hype video for the playoffs, talking to players, doing questions like, "How close were you to win the cup? What would it mean to win the cup? How close have you come to the cup? Uh, is one enough? What would you do to give that to the cup?" It it just it just goosebumps. Like listen to these players. Like you see all the heartbreak in the players that hear players who are one game away from the cup. I have. Never won the cup, never been in the playoffs. Then you have people like Taves, who is like, yeah, I've been pretty close to the cup. Um, And then you know, Kane kind of, kind of go back to what I said about just being patient. And he's like, after dealing with all the lows, you know, going back to the top is going to be pretty amazing. Pump that in my fucking vein, Kaner. Let's fucking go. But it's a great video to check out. It really gets you in the mood for playoff hockey, which undoubtedly is the best type of hockey better best playoffs in all sports for the best trophy in all sports it's just by far just more proof of why hockey is the greatest sport in the world so uh i think that's going to be wrapping up for me today uh this was episode 92 uh the knee thank you so much for checking us out if you haven't already please uh subscribe to us on apple podcast follow us on spotify Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will post all these, each episode's up on there. And I'm really trying to think of ways to get some more content up there. Also go follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, at WCB Podcast. Follow us or like us on Facebook, uh, the Windy City Matter Podcast. Leave us a review on Facebook and Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, the more you rate, the more attention we get. We move up the rankings. Uh, Facebook, hey, just it's nice seeing good good things and you know what if you don't like us fucking tell us tell us that too any ratings better than nothing you know want to hear want to hear we want to make this best show possible for you guys so again that's episode 92 thank you so much for listening and uh i will uh see you on the next one Follow the boys on Twitter at WCB Podcast, on Instagram at WCB Podcast, and like them on Facebook, the Weenie City Vendors Podcast.